Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio, Organic Friends of the Earth, Activism, Underground, Political Action, Necessary, Wind Farms, Indigenous Struggles, Land Rights, Anti-Nuclear, Nanotechnology, Climate Change, Coal Barons, Mining Magnates, Activists, Educating, Communities, Transforming, Communities, Mobilising a Sustainable Planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we are joining you from today, the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Eastern Kulin Nation. I pay my respect to their elders past and present. Sovereignty was never ceded. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Uh, you're joined today by Elise Cunningham. I am the coordinator of the Sustainable Cities Collective at Friends of the Earth Melbourne. It's my first time hosting uh, Dirt Radio here on 3CR, so uh Hopefully all goes to plan today. Um, today's topic is going to be the battle for Port Kembla, offshore wind versus nuclear submarines. So just a few short months ago, the Albanese government announced it will spend a massive $368 billion on six nuclear submarines. Not schools, not hospitals, not public transport, not renewable energy. $368 billion on nuclear submarines. And it's proposed that Port Kembla in New South Wales um, on Darawal country um, could become an East Coast base for these nuclear submarines. And the community is understandably uh, pretty upset about having a nuclear target painted on their back with hundreds of workers, unions and community members rallying in Port Kembla over this past weekend calling for peace, jobs and justice. The message was clear. This is no place for a nuclear submarine base. Um, today's guests will be Jem Rommel from the International Campaign Against Nuclear Weapons and Wollongong Against Weapons and Nukes, and Pat Simons, Friends of the Earth's Yes to Renewables coordinator, who says nuclear submarines are a threat to Illawarra's offshore wind future. Um, first of all, we'll go to Jem. Hello, Lee. Thanks for having me. No worries at all, Jem. Thanks for joining us today. So, my first question for you is, what is this AUKUS deal and what exactly is wrong with it? Sure. Well, it is a, it is a big um, deal and I'm sure your listeners will be pretty familiar with it by now. It's been certainly in the media a lot over the last few months and years, actually. Um, but just briefly, it's a military alliance between the US, the UK and Australia and it involves a higher level of cooperation on all sorts of things, including importing and exporting weapons, sharing technology, um, having, you know, closer, uh, not necessarily just um, interoperability, but interchangeability between uh, at least the US and Australian militaries. Uh, and there's a, I'd say the centrepiece of the agreement so far um, is the proposal for Australia to acquire nuclear-propelled submarines. So um, initially uh, buying three, but p- possibly five uh, US Virginia-class submarines in, um, the, in the next decade. And after that, 
they're proposing, the AUKUS Alliance is proposing to basically design a new submarine, um, which sounds like a bit of a fairy tale to me, but using a UK design with US weapons uh, and um, reactor uh, pieces and putting it together to create a new design of a submarine and Australia building those. Um, but that wouldn't be for a couple of decades. So, um, yeah, I guess I have issues with this proposal from a number of different perspectives. Certainly from ICANN's perspective, the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons, um, we are deeply concerned about uh, Australia being a new country to acquire nuclear-powered submarines, and these are uh, submarines that are powered with highly enriched uranium. Um, so that's uranium that's enriched to above 90% and it's directly usable in a nuclear weapon. Um, now, of course, the government is saying it's not interested in nuclear weapons, uh, but still, who knows what the next government or the government after that uh, will, will think about that. And it also paves the pathway uh, for uh, Australia to, to break a precedent um, to be a new country to gain this material, which then other countries could could follow in Australia's suit and do the same thing. So um, Australia is using a pathway through the Non-Proliferation Treaty, which is a 1970 treaty, uh, and it is unprecedented. Um, only nuclear-armed countries so far have nuclear-powered submarines. So, you know, this isn't the kind of technology that I think Australia should be aspiring to. Um, but it would involve us using a loophole in that treaty that hasn't been used before uh, to be able to import this material and put it on submarines and it would then be out of safeguards travelling the oceans. So it's a big challenge for the International Atomic Energy Agency, but they don't really have much of a choice. They have to try and negotiate with Australia to facilitate this. Um, but, yeah, it definitely makes it easier for other countries to follow suit. Um, and it also really goes against what Australia is supposed to be doing and what our government actually has been involved in, um, which is to reduce the amount of highly enriched uranium that exists in the world and the number of countries that have it. And instead, we're now saying, oh, we'll put our hands up and be a new country to gain this really, um, really controversial technology and material uh, for use in these submarines, which I would say is, is totally unnecessary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is a bit of a sort of scary indicator of what might be to come in the future. And as you said, this loophole sort of being the operative word and how that um, might translate to um, the future of nuclear weaponry um, in our country and neighbouring countries. So um, can you tell us a bit more about uh, the rally? What was your message at the rally and um, how did that all go down? Yeah, the rally was really excellent. You know, I'm also part of a local group called Wollongong Against War and Nukes, and we were helping to um, promote this rally, which was called by the the union peak body here, the South Coast Labor Council. Um, and there's usually a May Day in Wollongong every year, but this year they decided to move it to Port Kembla. Uh, so, and lots of people came down from as far as Newcastle and Sydney and Canberra. Um, to join us in Port Kembla with a really clear message that the community here does not want a nuclear submarine base. We have much better ideas for our port. Um, there are actually plans that have been worked on for many years to transition the port um, into being a, a 
a hub for renewable energy and to transform the steelworks here. Uh, so there are many better ideas that we've been working on and the government has really just blindsided us by saying, oh, we might actually just compulsorily acquire this this area for a, a military base and um, we don't want it. So I think that message was really clear on Saturday. There are a couple of thousand people here with lots of really creative signs and props, um, lots of union flags and speeches um, and it was just really an, an excellent day uh, with lots of media coverage, a giant inflatable nuclear submarine, um, which was always great. And I mean, our, my messages for the rally was, um, you know, talking about the, the proposition of the um, nuclear submarines being something that will really undermine the non-proliferation treaty by breaking this taboo against sharing the technology and material. Um, I also wanted to raise the issues with radioactive waste and that this will, uh, these submarines will lead to high-level uh, radioactive waste that Australia then has to, has to deal with. And the Defence Minister, Richard Miles, had said, oh, yeah, we don't have to worry about that now, then it'll be a remote facility, we'll deal with it in the future. Um, but we know that this government has a terrible record when it comes to dealing with radioactive waste it's been decades now that the federal government has been trying to cite just low-level and intermediate-level waste um, at a remote facility, and they've been trying to dump it on First Nations land, and they've been knocked back by powerful First Nations-led campaigns every time. So in South Australia, the Northern Territory, again in South Australia, and then currently they're trying to build a facility at, at Kimber on Bangla country um, in South Australia, and the Bangla people are very much opposed to this. Um, so we've had decades of mismanagement of this process, a real disrespect for the um, the rights and the views of First Nations people on um, having radioactive waste on their land, and I have zero trust that this that the Australian government can deal with the with high level radioactive waste um, from nuclear submarines. And in my view, this is a a huge legacy. Um, a very arrogant legacy to impose on future generations and that without having a responsible and respectful pathway to deal with the radioactive waste, then a project like this just shouldn't go ahead. Um, I was reading yesterday, actually, Elise, that the UK has also, and the US, have really a lot of trouble dealing with the waste from their submarines. The UK currently has 21 nuclear submarines that are, um, have retired and they're just sitting in the water at docks. Some of them have been there since the 1980s, so for 40 years, and they were only operational for 20 years, and they still have not been dismantled and dealt with. So um, if the UK, who has been, who, which has had nuclear submarines for many, many decades, can't deal with um, the waste from the submarines and, and how to dispose of them, then you know what, what chance does Australia have? Um, but, yeah, my other message for the rally was, that uh, when it comes to nuclear technology, things can and do go wrong and it will be workers in the Illawarra that would be on the front line of any disaster or accident um, and that we should work together with the communities up and down the East Coast to refuse the nuclear submarine base and um, demand that the government sign and ratify the Nuclear Weapon Ban Treaty, so the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons, um, which is even more important in the context of AUKUS and the submarine acquisition because it would put legally binding um, guardrails up 
to make sure that uh, the Australian government can't do anything to support or host or acquire uh, nuclear weapons, both this government and future governments, and to bind us to a nuclear weapons-free defence policy. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, it sounds like um, there is so much happening on the ground. And I guess, um, you know, it's quite clear from the fact that you said there were like thousands of people there over the weekend. I I read that at the last May Day rally, there was 750 people. So that huge jump in numbers is a clear indication that this is something that the community really cares about. And it's a very, you know, um, there's a lot of intersecting problems and a lot of knock-on effects that would be a result if this submarine base were to go ahead. So, um, what what else is being done about the issue locally and how can people get involved? Mm, yeah, well, locally, we've got this group called WAWAN, which is a bit of an awkward acronym, but not as awkward as AUKUS, I must say. Um, and WAWAN uh, stands for Wollongong Against War and Nukes. And we're really just a, a coalition of local people. There are students, there are lecturers, there are um, all sorts of people in our group. And we've been campaigning about this um, for, you know, since the government announced that Port Kembla was one of three sites. So uh, it was the Morrison government that said Port Kembla, Brisbane and Newcastle are on the shortlist for an East Coast nuclear submarine base. Um, and then after that, it was at the beginning of this year that uh, the Albanese government just sort of inherited this shortlist. Um, and we were hearing on the ground here that uh, there were many defence contractors poking around the port, looking at things. There was a lot of conversations going on behind the scenes with the government. And we were hearing that there was an announcement for that the, the base would be at Port Kembla was imminent, like in the next few weeks. So we were really, really sort of a bit worried about that and organising to think of how we would respond. Um, since then, you know, there have been... We've had a couple of rallies. We had a rally outside a, a weapons industry conference um, a couple of months ago, and the government said, oh, actually, we're not going to uh, make a decision imminently. We'll push it back till after the next election. Um, and then uh, just a few days before the rally on Saturday in Port Kembla, the government said, actually, we won't decide for the next decade, and they will put all options on the table so it wouldn't necessarily be just Port Kembla, Newcastle and Brisbane, but potentially any port town um, up and down the East Coast. So I guess it feels like a bit of a, a win because the heat has really come off Port Kembla, um, but it, it's still hanging over us and it's still hanging over the whole of the East Coast. Um, and this is really blocking, um, you know, I think will block progress to do the other things that we want to do here. Um, so... Yeah, I, th- I think we've, we've, what we want to see is the government to rule it out, to say, no, we won't put it in Port Kembla, and then we want to you know, work together with other communities in solidarity in other parts of the East Coast. Um, but essentially, if there are locals listening, which would be amazing, um, look up Wawan on Facebook, Wollongong Against War and Nukes. We meet regularly, and we'll be our next meeting will be sort of taking stock and, and thinking about what, what comes next. Um, we're, also, we're not just concerned about this, nuclear submarine base, Elise, we are also, um, we don't want to see an increase in uh, weapons industries in this area. Uh, The Illawarra has a really strong history of activism for peace. 
uh, and and that's what we want to continue. That's the legacy we want to uphold. Um, so we we need to be um, very wary, and not just in Port Kembla and Wollongong, but everywhere, of the the creep of weapons industries into um, into industry, into our schools and universities. Um, and that's something that we also really want to work against. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Jem. And for anyone up there in the Illawarra area, up on Darawal country, do get involved with Wawan. Um, Jem, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me, Elise. Great no worries. Talk. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. All right. We'll just go to a quick station ID and then a little song break, and then we'll be back with questions for Pat. Able-bodied Australia does not realise that people with disabilities across the board are being discriminated against. Then the government to demand that we go out and get a job without removing the disincentives like the lack of access to transport and community infrastructure, without providing accessible buildings that can provide barrier-free employment. I'm not getting a fair go and I don't like it and I'm saying so. You're listening to 3CR, 855 on the AM dial. Sitting here in a lonely old guest house I'm sure that my life is all through Scratching flea and watching the gray mouse. I'm making love to the memory of you. For without you, I'm weak and uncertain. And I feel so naked and cold. Like a window. Without any curtain My innermost feelings unfold The drink I just had It wasn't as bad as the first But drinking won't do When it's only for you I thirst, I thirst for your kiss. It quenches, oh burning. It's sweeter than the sweetest of wine. Now you're gone, I find myself yearning for the love. That I left behind Nobody can heal The pain that I feel inside And if I said I'm strong And I'm never wrong I've lied I've lied
Nobody can heal the pain that I feel inside. And if I said I'm strong and I'm never wrong, I lie. I lie. I lie. had I've Lied by Archie Roach and now we'll have some questions for Pat Simons, Friends of the Earth Melbourne's Y2R coordinator. How you doing Pat? I'm going good. Wonderful, good to hear, good to hear. Um, so we'll get straight into it because we've got 10 minutes left. So you've told me that the nuclear submarine deal is a threat to Illawarra's renewable energy future. Why is that? Yeah, good question. So there's there's kind of two main issues at at Port Kembla. So there's for listeners in Melbourne who might not know, Port Kembla's got the steelworks, the Blue Scope Steelworks, um, you know, which is you know a big part of Australia's manufacturing base domestically, uh, and you know provides you know a very significant amount of jobs in in that area. It's a key part of the economy, um, and it's it's also what you know as heavy industry one of the largest polluters in the country so if if that if that smelter is going to remain in the community um it's really important that that it's decarbonized and that means um that the electricity is coming from uh renewable energy rather than fossil fuels and that um combustion in the industrial process is is replaced um through renewable energy sources and so so that's that's one issue, decarbonizing the port, and then there's the the port itself, uh, and then there's the opportunity to to build offshore wind just offshore um, in the Illawarra. So the the federal government has actually already spent quite a bit of money looking at um, alternative ways to to um, run the steelworks, you know, using renewable hydrogen, uh, which is a process where you basically use renewable energy to split a hydrogen atom and then you use the hydrogen to power the smelting process um the steel making process so they've already poured like i think about a billion dollars into that um specifically at the at the steelworks in port kembla uh and that's that's a really good idea that's like really innovative and like there's a lot of support locally in that um but it will also involve like changing the port itself upgrading the port like making these new uses and then we also have at least three uh, offshore wind proposals just nearby, and you know these projects—they're they're really really large scale. Um, they they can produce the bulk electricity supply to power the smelter. Uh, it's a really stable electricity supply, uh, and they can also power the renewable hydrogen process. Um, and all of that together would be a massive job creator. And so at the rally over the weekend, um, you know, um, Arthur Roros from South Coast Labor Council, he, he was talking about this vision and saying, you know, we've got this vision for, for Port Kembla. We want to see this. We've been working on this for many years. There's billions of dollars going into it. There's thousands of jobs on the table. Why would we sacrifice that for a few nuclear submarines that are going to put a target on our back? And so it's it's really interesting that... These two things are—they're actually in conflict. The port is quite small, uh, so if you did put a nuclear submarine base there, all of a sudden you're not really able to run it 
as an offshore wind port, you have to do a lot of construction and at the port itself before you can build these projects. You wouldn't be able to use it to set up the renewable hydrogen industries and and any other industries that, you know, aren't about building up the military but are more like peaceful commercial uses. None of those would be really possible at the port if the nuclear submarine base went ahead. It would essentially just become a nuclear submarine base and, and not an anything else port. Uh, the other issue that we're seeing is that <clears throat> the military... Uh, uh, doesn't necessarily want to be interacting with other industries. Uh, so there'd be the risk of a military exclusion zone, um, which would you know, basically mean that the offshore wind projects themselves couldn't actually go ahead in that region at all. And so some people might say, oh, well, you can do both. You can have the subs and you can have the offshore wind. But, but you know, in, in practice and what we're hearing and experiencing is that there'd be a likely exclusion zone, which would basically just mean you can't do offshore wind there at all. So all of those thousands of job opportunities would would be gone. The pathway for decarbonising the smelter and the port would be gone, and that whole region would basically just be missing out on this like amazing opportunity that people have already put a lot of work into. Yeah, and I know there's also, you know, there's been so much work done in the community to head towards um, a just transition and it's been years Mm. of working with these community groups to you know get people on board with renewable energy in the area so can you just tell us a bit about what what it was that you took away from the rally Mm. and um, I guess how people can get involved with your campaign and with this um, with this work that you're doing yeah thank you Um, so the rally was really amazing Um, like Jem said, you know, having a couple thousand people march down the street in Port Kembla, like it's it's not a huge town. So like I th- that was a really powerful experience being all there together and really interesting cross section of people as well. You know, the unions really led the charge and there were multiple unions present, um, lots of different community groups, a couple of environment groups, First Nations. Um, and it really felt like, a starting point for this movement that is that is getting set up to to resist uh, the nuclear submarines and the AUKUS deal, but working at the intersections of all these issues. Um, so I, I really interpret it as like a declaration that like this is the beginning. We are organised. We are not going to back down as a community, as as workers, and we will fight this like terrible idea. But also, this is the beginning of something bigger. So that's really exciting, um, and. And yeah, in terms of getting involved, like with with Yester Renewables, where you know we're Melbourne based, but we're starting to expand some of our work um, into New South Wales and, and more nationally. So we're hopefully going to be like setting up some some local organising in New South Wales this year. Um, so that's really exciting. And we'll be looking to you know work with unions and workers and other community groups to really push the renewable energy vision for the region ahead. Uh, but obviously, there's all groups that are organising locally. WAN, like the Gems involved with um, the union. So if people are in that region, just supporting those local groups that are that are already doing amazing work is a really good start. But then, if you want to get involved on the renewable side of things, um, you know, best place to go is the Faux Melbourne website and check out the energy page. Um, hopefully, we'll have a little blog up there. Maybe put this this episode up on there. That's probably the easiest next step. Yeah, cool. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, be chucking it up there. And I guess, you know, you said as well, this is a bit of like 
a first sort of action of this type. And I guess mm. if this is something that has been, you know, the government said they're not going to do it for 10 years or so, but there's also other proposed locations. This is sort of a good flagship event for, you know, what might be needed if these proposals pop up in other areas sort of mm. down the line. Um Thanks so much, Pat. Um, it's been really interesting hearing about the rally and the work that's being done um, to, you know, the, the combat this AUKUS submarine deal and how that kind of um, has come up against renewable weapons as, you know, a, a terrible alternative. Um, yeah, we'll wrap up now with a song. And, yeah, you've been listening to... Dirt Radio with Friends of the Earth Melbourne. And thanks very much. We'll see you next Tuesday. When I was new to Melbourne, I found a Food Not Bombs fly on the road and I had like this fist with a carrot and carrots are my favorite vegetable yeah i think they were asking for help doing stuff and i got in touch we i guess rescue food that would otherwise go to waste i like the aspect of sharing food and um, not making anyone feel obligated to pay anything for it we make a real point at food not bombs of involving everyone who wants to be involved in whichever part they want to be involved in. For more information, go to fnbmelb.noblogs.org. Food Not Bombs is a 3CR supporter. Food Not Bombs.